0: You're listening to 990WBOB.com, Renegade
1: Radio.
2: Darth Maul should have been so much more badass. I'm just going to say that, all right? I've probably been sitting on that for 20 years. But seriously, you wait all that in time to get another badass and you kill him right away? With frigging a young Obi-Wan in his little ponytail? <laughs> Come on! <laughs>
0: he actually comes back in the
2: animated series, just so you know. Oh, good for you. 60-year-old watching cartoons. <laughs> thanks for telling us. He's Furry Man on the pallets. Jill Joe Ferro behind the boards. This is The on Side. Big thanks to Doreen Collins. Can't wait to check out the new show. She's always funny, fun, fun. Uh, Still so to come tonight, we will have some news headlines for you. On the line now, Mike and Chris, the two doomed men, who will be back with us live uh, Thursday, May 13th at 8 p.m., And you can catch them out on Linktree uh, to catch all their cool links to Doomed Men. Guys, how are you? You know, I always do that. I say, guys, how are you? And there's two guys, and neither one of them says anything. Let's try this again. Mike, how are you tonight? Can you hear us? Alright, we're gonna let Joe Farrow get to work on that connection there and see what's going on. Maybe he can call A T and T and see Oh, where do we got there? We got we got far and away. A little bit guys, how are we doing?
1: Not Heroes. too bad.
2: All right, there you are guys. Uh may the fourth be with both of you. And with you as well. <laughs> um uh you guys you guys are both Star Wars guys, I'm assuming?
0: Yes. Huge fan. When okay. We heard the intro music. I was I was doing the lightsaber duel here with Chris. Oh, that 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 did not come out the way you <laughs> wanted it to. <laughs> Came out exactly the way I
2: wanted. It. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to edit that in post. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's let's hop right into it, guys. Our Buttonwoods Brewery four pack with the two doomed men, um, guys. We've been talking vaccine uh most of the night and and you guys were on a show. I think you were part of that show that we did the vaccine special, and we polled everybody and uh I believe one and i don't remember which one of you is one of you was on the fence and the other one was a hard no um I think we revisited that a couple of weeks later. It was more of uh leaning towards that hard on the fence was leaning towards a no uh now, as time's going by i've been uh complaining. Griping, if you would, about the social media warriors and their little, I get vaccined uh, on on social media. Where do you guys stand on the vaccine and where do you stand on the, you know what, I'm going to take it a step further. You guys are Yankees fans. You listen to the game. Every other commercialist, get vaccinated, New York. And it's not just the New York market, it's the Boston market, it's the Providence market, so so on and so forth. Where are you guys standing on the vaccine? Is, Is that type of stuff turning you guys off or more in one way or the other? Or is it thinking, well, crap, I can't go to Yankee Stadium unless I have the vaccine. I may not be able to go on that trip. I want to go on unless I have the
0: vaccine. Mike, you go first. Okay, so it definitely is turning me off. Uh, I have not been watching baseball as much lately, and I've been thinking about it lately, and I I definitely do feel that this whole politicization and uh, trying to sell us the vaccine and whatnot at every turn is definitely turning me off to wanting to watch. Um, They're not requiring you to have the vaccine as of right now at Yankee Stadium, and we do have tickets for May something, 22nd, maybe. Um, The only thing we have to do is get tested, which is not that big of an inconvenience. I'll go do that. But if they did say you had to be vaccinated, then I'm not going. Yeah,
2: that is a fair point. You do have to at least be tested, I think, within a 24, 48 hour. You don't
1: technically have to be vaccinated. Uh, Chris, what do you say? I was on the fence, and now I am just a straight-up hard no. Things have really – it's been flip-flopping too much, and I've been realizing that everyone's fighting over you should get vaccinated, wear the mask, if we don't do this, we're not going to get back to normal. No, you're fighting for things to stay completely the same. If I need a passport to go to a Yankee game, the Yankees won't be seeing me in attendance anymore. If New York truly gets out of control – I'm to the point where there's not much tie in me here. I'm a single guy. My father has friends down in Florida. I'll go to the land of free and be a refugee down there. Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: Let me ask you this
1: sub-question off that.
2: If Trump was still president, would you feel differently about the vaccine?
1: It'd be interesting because then the media would probably hate the vaccine but with, I still think there'd be a lot of flip-flopping going on, and like nefarious reasons to get it. So I think I would still be where I am today. Me, you no. Know,
0: um, regardless of politician or who tells you to take it or whatnot, it's my decision to yeah. take it. And it's not that I don't believe that it works or it's not safe. Um, it's just you just can't tell me what to do. Yeah, especially if nothing's going to go back to normal.
2: All right, guys. Uh, You were pretty uh, vocal about uh, Biden's first 100 days. So I'm going to let you give him a letter grade right now. Uh, We're coming in front of principals. Mike and Chris here. The two two men are judging Sleepy Joe's first 100 days on the job. Chris, what do you say?
1: Uh, I'm going to keep my letter grade that I gave him on our episode at a D because he set the bar pretty low for most of uh, for most of his goals. A lot of his goals were accomplished in a stroke of a pen. Nothing was really, you know, nothing that I've seen or been affected by his goals have changed. And he still fell short on kids going back to school. So, I really feel that he set the bar low for himself, and so they could talk up what he did in the 100 days. So, my grade is a D. Mike?
0: Yeah. I gave him a C. um, And, like on our episode, I gave him a C based on the goals he set and which ones he did or didn't accomplish. And uh, I gave him a C because he did actually accomplish some of the goals he set out to do, whether you agree with him or not. Um, But then there's the point that Chris made that, you know, set the bar low. Um, And uh, I did. I did think, though, that his biggest goal to be a unifier was not hit. He was the complete opposite. Um, He didn't do anything that would would bring Republicans to the table. And he didn't do anything either, really, that would appease progressives. He didn't pass a minimum wage. He didn't get a a vote on Medicare for all. He seemed to only really represent the uh, corporate Democrat establishment class. So I I don't really see how anybody is happy with him at all. Just the CEOs?
2: Yeah, I would I would say C is C C minus maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. He, he he made an attempt, you know, with his whole stimulus package to to get things going. He has not, in my opinion, reached across the aisle. Um the vaccine, he's pushed it. And he's I, I will give him he is trying to open things up, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it. He's he's made it he's made it common, he's he's gotten it out there and he's he's uh he's he's pushed or at least the Democrats have pushed through it. Um, but like you said, he has not reached across the aisle, and gas is going up, and gas is yeah. going to go way up. And that's something that I, I do believe is going to ultimately be the downfall of his one term. Um, so uh, let's, uh, let's segue to the NFL draft. Let's, let's talk some fun stuff. Uh, over the weekend, the big news here uh, in New England, and in my opinion, a huge ginormous mistake. Got into a great conversation today. You know, guys, I am a huge college football nut. If you haven't noticed that about me, probably way more, like 10 to 1 more than the pro game I am a fan of. And I got into a great conversation around the water cooler today about college football, and the center, the vocal, the, the, the center of it all, the nucleus, was great Alabama quarterbacks, and I'm talking to a guy maybe 10, 20 years older than me, and he sa- I said, man, give me one good Alabama quarterback, and he went, pah, puh. I said, yeah, okay, you're going to drop Stabler. You're going to put your penis on the table and say Namath, who wasn't a great, but he just is known for that one thing. You're going to moan and groan and say Bart Starr, perhaps the greatest all-around quarterback, if you're a true fan of the game and nostalgic to it. But I said, give me something in the last 30 years. He couldn't answer the question. He quickly changed the subject. I'm not loving this pick. I don't care, Alabama wide open. That's that's what I say. Everything is bigger, faster, stronger. They're just that much better. That's my takeaway from the draft. Saban and Belichick had just. I mean, there was envelopes passed with his first two picks. To be honest with you, you guys are you're you're big, you're big old big blue big Giants fans. Yes. Um. But that being said, I'm going to do a, a, a headline in the next segment about Bradshaw's take on Aaron Rodgers trying to hijack the draft. Uh, What was your takeaways, uh, Chris?
1: Um, You know, I didn't go too deep into the draft this year. I usually watch that with my father, and he was on vacation during it. So I kind of, you know, it was on the back burner. But uh, I think the Giants, with the trade for their first-round draft pick, with what they did with uh, Chicago, was great. We got two picks for this year and two more picks next year. So I really feel that the Giants are finally in a good rebuilding mode. And we got this awesome wide receiver. I forget his name off the top of my head, but let la- Tony there we go. last season he didn't drop a single pass, so now you know Daniel Jones has these weapons. I would like to see a stronger o line form around him, but we we got weapons on every aspect, and you know we even picked up another running back, I believe. So that's good. So if Barkley's still not a hundred percent, or if he gets injured again, I like having these new young like backups to you know take the reins and keep us moving forward. The picks for next year are valued higher amongst many in the NFL who say
2: so because they'll have the players, they will have a full season this year and scouts will get a better look at them where they didn't have the access to them. So the Giants did
0: impress. Uh, Mike, what did you take away this year from the draft? Yeah, I thought the Giants did an absolutely bang up job on everything. Uh, you know, Chris said before that uh, they're rebuilding. No, I think that this is next year is the year. Yeah. Um, they've been rebuilding the past couple of years, and they're starting. They were starting to get a little bit better. I think now this is the year that they're finally going to compete. Um, you know, they got Kadarius Tony. They got this edge rusher Aziz Ojalari, who was supposed to be a really like top ten pick almost, um, and they got him a little bit later. And uh, I think this is the year that the Giants are finally going to be, be ready to go. On top of that, they, they planned for the next couple of years also, getting the picks for next year's draft also. So they're, they seem to be set up to compete this year, and they still have something in the tank for the next couple of years to keep building. to keep. That's what I wanted them to do. So I have to give Dave Gettleman credit. He's been taking a lot of heat here for a while. They did a good job this year. Any, any thoughts on what the Jets did? Um. I was looking at the Jets, and uh, I was looking at an article on ESPN, and they were giving them like very good uh, scores on this. Like the highest, they were saying some of the highest draft scores since two thousand, the two thousand eight Miami Dolphins, um, saying that they drafted three players with a grade of ninety or above. I didn't look that deep into it, but, I mean, it sounds like they did really good, which is surprising because the Jets always screw everything up.
1: Yeah, I I hope uh, the Jets don't destroy this kid Zach Wilson's uh, career. (laughs) You know, just uh, chew him up and spit him out. You know, he's got a a long road ahead of him. But, you know, we got friends here in New York that are Jets fans, and it's been rough. You know, they haven't seen a Super Bowl since it was in black and white. So, you know, we throw them a bone every now and then. Yeah,
0: my dad's a Jets fan, and he always says the Jets are famous for getting good players, and then as soon as they start getting good, they get rid of them. So, we'll see.
2: This is true. Gentlemen, the
0: Yankees are on
2: a winning streak. You guys should come to be live here on 990 WBOB Thursday, March 13th at 8 o'clock. Any sneak peek for the listeners, what they're going to be listening to?
1: May 13th. May 13th. What Um, did I say,
2: March? (laughs) Good job.
1: No, not yet, because you know we usually see what unfolds politically before we uh, start putting together our shows. But we'll we'll have something strong for you. Don't worry about that. Oh, we don't worry. We're looking forward <laughs> to it.
2: All right, guys, uh, tell the world where they can find you on the interwebs.
1: Uh, well, you can find us everywhere. Donald Trump is banned from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, is at to do men. Our Instagram has our link tree. Our Instagram account is at to do men underscore podcast. And check us out and subscribe to our YouTube page at Two Doom Men.
2: Guys, always a pleasure. Looking forward to the show next week. Stay tuned for more 990 WBOB's Wild Side. They are the Two Doom Men. He's Furry Man. I'm the pal. We'll be back with more.